Welcome to the Real Freedom Podcast, where we inspire you to pursue your passion to gain time and financial freedom through opportunities in real estate. I'm your host, Mike Swenson. Let's get some real freedom together. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Real Freedom Podcast. I'm so excited here um, to have Curtis Kupfersmith here, and he's going to share with us about his journey. Um, you know, really started out, you know, inspired by Rich Dad, Poor Dad, which those folks that have, you know, know my backstory, that was a, an influential book for me as well. Um, in addition to that, you know, he moved to Oklahoma City. Uh, got his real real estate license in 2013 and sold about 50 properties his first year. So that's uh, no small feat. It takes a lot of work to do that. Um, built and grew a team and then sold it in 2020. Uh, also had a real estate investment firm. Um, and now you also, uh, you do some coaching and training uh, for salespeople and you have a podcast, Let's Talk Investing. So excited to hear about all those things, dig deeper into your journey. Um, so welcome. And we're so excited to have you. Thank you. No, I'm excited to be on here and thanks for the opportunity to share. Um, like you was saying, my name is Curtis Cooper Smith. I'm originally from Kansas. Uh, I lived in Texas for a few years and I moved to Oklahoma City in 2012. So uh, I got into real estate because I watched, I read Rich Dad Poor Dad. And when I was living in Texas, I had a mobile home on four acres that I bought when I was 19. And the whole way I even bought that's a whole different story. But I'd always been interested in real estate and I had read the book Rental Properties for Dummies. And so that was my basic understanding of real estate. And lady I worked with, she had a friend who got this house in a divorce and she said, I just want to get rid of it. And I knew that it was a good deal, but I didn't know anything about real estate. I had never even had a credit card. Mm -hmm. So I went to every little bank in town begging for money to get a loan to buy this house. And this was in 2009. So nobody would give me a loan. Uh, but this older man that was the president of a bank gave me a personal loan to buy this property. And my payment on it was only $263 a month. And so in my mind, I was just like, gosh, I got my own house and I'm living here for only 200 a month. This is awesome. Well, then I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and it just messed up my whole thinking about everything. And one day I was driving down the street and I thought, I need an asset. And then I was like, wait, I have one. So I went home and I took a bunch of pictures of it and I put it up for rent on Craigslist. And I rented this place out for $1,200 a month, but I didn't have anywhere else to go. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I got to hold people off. And then it just so worked out, I ended up moving to Oklahoma City. And I was actually going to work for Chesapeake, which is a really big uh, oil and gas company here. And the day I was driving up here with my moving truck, they sold all the assets in the area I was going to work. So I lost my job before I ever started. Hmm. And so I had a pretty good job in Texas, but I didn't really know anybody in Oklahoma City. So I went from working in an office, having a good job and all that to doing manual labor, running a rake and a shovel, digging trench lines for an oil and gas electric company. And just so happened that company really took off. So when I started, it was pretty small. There was like six of us. And by the time I left, there was almost 60 people there. So it really took off during that time. And I met a lot of people along the way. And I actually got my real estate license on a bet from a guy that was out of friend's house that he sold real estate. And I said, man, if you can make a living selling real estate, anybody can. So he was like, we'll get your license. So I signed up one night to get it and forgot I'd even signed up. 
but I'd already paid for it. So I went ahead and did it. And, uh, it just so happened a man that I knew from, I used to rodeo professionally and a man that I knew from that industry, I ran into him at a gas station and he sold real estate for Keller Williams. And he was like, man, if you have your license, you've got to join KW. And so I did. And that's when my life really changed more than anything. Um, I always tell people besides giving my life to Christ, Keller Williams changed my life more than anything. Um, and I'm no longer with them or anything, but I just, I always have to give them credit because I mean, that, that company did a lot for me. And so I started, got into real estate and I hadn't lived in Oklahoma city longer than a year. And so I didn't really know anybody and I just had to start from scratch. Um, but I did a lot of open houses, um, just did anything I could to meet more people. And I was really fortunate. Mo Anderson, who was the CEO of KW, she lives in our town. And so she was the OP of our market center. And when I first started, we had a thing at her house and I got to talk to her. And I asked her, I said, if you were starting in real estate right now, what would you do? How would you start your business? And she told me, if you can get 25 advocates, you will never have to lead generate ever again. And so that was my goal. I had a whiteboard and I wrote down one through 25 on this board. And I thought, all right, I need to get 25 people who are my like raving fans who will do anything they can to make sure I get business. And so it was really just building relationships with people that were like sincere relationships, not just to get business from them, not to try to get anything, but like, how can I help you? And in return, they helped me out. And that was really the key to my business was I built relationships with a few people that really just had my back. Mm -hmm. And one in particular that I'll share, because this is something I share with my coaching clients a lot that this one little thing made a huge difference, but I had a coach at one point that said I was kind of in a burnout period and I just wasn't real happy. And he said, what I want you to do is for 30 days, I want you to call text or write a letter to 30 people, to one person every day, telling them, thank you for something that has nothing to do with real estate. So just thank you for, you know, an impact you've had on my life or thank you for anything. And if they're people you don't know, do not tell them you're in real estate. Don't give them a business card. It's just a straight up, you're being thankful. So I did this and it was down towards the end of it. There was a man who was, he was a, he's a very big entrepreneur in our town. And I didn't know him personally, but one of my friends knew him pretty well. And so I wrote him a letter and I just said, look, you know, your impact is greater than you know, and you have made a big impact on my life and you don't even know me. And so I just want to tell you, thank you for that. And these are a few of the lessons I've learned from you without even knowing. So I wrote him the letter, didn't even think anything about it. And about two months goes by and I get a call from him and he was like, Hey, uh, you know, I got your letter and I want you to know that my wife read it. And she had been telling me for weeks, you need to read this letter, you need to read this letter. And he had come back from a funeral of one of his son's best friends had died. And he was real shook up about it. And his wife was like, you need to read this letter. And he said, I read that letter. And it just, that's exactly what I need to hear in that moment. And um, 
I need to know what you do for a living. And I said, I sell real estate. And he said, you know, commercial, residential. And I said, residential. And he said, all right, you'll never have to worry about getting business again. And I never did. And that one letter that I sent that one guy literally set in motion the entire rest of my career. Every person that he introduced me to, I can track back almost every dollar I still make to this day because of that one letter that I wrote to that one guy. And so the point of that is that you're not writing these letters and, you know, being thankful to people and that kind of stuff to try to get stuff for them. I had no idea that that would happen. I mean, I was just mm-hmm. doing this exercise, but what I will say is that you never know the actions that you're putting forward every day, what impact those can have later on in your life and later on in your business. But just because you're not seeing immediate you know, immediate reactions and immediate business coming back in from the things you're doing, keep going because you never know what, which task you're doing is going to lead to something really big. So I sold regular real estate for a long time, you know, just people's residential properties. And I got into selling a lot of flip houses in, uh, in the 2015, uh, and 16, I, that was mainly what I was doing. I was helping investors buy distressed houses. I was, you know, getting them in touch with contractors. I knew the whole process. I would help them design them, the whole thing. And then I would resell them on the back end. Well, one of the really big investors I was working with was doing a bunch of illegal stuff and we found out about it. And it was, it was a mess. And I lost 80 to 90% of my business overnight because of I had to release all the listings. I had to get rid of all that business. Well, a lot of the people that he was actually taking money from, they were reaching back out to me and they were saying, hey, we still have this money. We've got to buy properties. So I started helping them buy rental properties and they just started sending me more referrals of more people they knew. And everybody that was buying these properties, they didn't live here. They all lived out of state. They lived mainly on the East and West Coast. So I started getting this huge influx of people wanting to buy rental properties and there weren't enough on the MLS to fulfill that. So I was like, man, I got to start finding these off market. So that's what got me into, you know, doing investment deals and finding stuff off market. And I had no clue that this was even going to lead into the business that I ultimately ended up doing. But uh, what we ended up doing was from there, I created a... It was an investment firm that what we did is we found properties off market. We negotiated the price up front. We negotiated repairs and they were properties with a tenant already in place. So people out of state could look online on our website and see the properties that we had for sale, what they were already rented at, what repairs were needed, that kind of stuff. And then they could buy a property with a tenant already in place that cash flowed from day one. And that was the business that it ultimately ended up building. And I mean, it blew up really fast. Um, The last year that I owned it was 2019. We sold 292 units like that. And they were all rental properties, you know, all off market, that kind of stuff. So we weren't wholesaling, but we did wholesale some as well. Um, And that's what kind of got me into the whole world of investment properties to begin with. And so uh, between rentals, flips, all of that, I've, either bought 
owned, sold <laughs> almost a thousand rental properties or investment properties at this point. So mm-hmm. I still wholesale to this day. I still do quite a bit of that. Um, and a lot of my clients are either realtors or investors or people that are wanting to get into investing. Um, so I can help people, you know, start from ground zero to start finding deals off market. Um, you know, whatever they want to do as far as the investing or real estate world. But a lot of what I do is direct mail. I'm big into direct mail. I farmed a lot when I was selling regular real estate. I still send a thousand to 3000 mailers a month, uh, just to finding deals off market. Um, I have people that hire me to do their direct mail in other States so that they can get the deals. So I do a lot of that as well. Um, but to kind of wrap up my whole story, I would say the one thing that made the biggest impact on my life is I fell in love with doing the boring task consistently. And I think that that is one thing that everybody likes to do the sexy and the fun parts of the business. It's fun to go look at houses. It's fun to go, you know, go on a listing appointment and list a house. But if you aren't doing the correct tasks every day, day in and day out, the fun parts don't come. Mm -hmm. And so I am a big believer in having a tracking sheet. I track everything. So I know exactly what I have to do every week, how many contacts I need to make, how many listing appointments I need to go on, how many buyer appointments I need to go on, how many new buyer leads, new seller leads, how many posts to Facebook, handwritten notes, all of that. I know exactly what I need to do every week. And when I start my week, I know I've got to do this. I've got to do this. I've got to do this. And at the end of the week, I can see, did I do the right things or did I not? And it doesn't look sexy. And if somebody followed me throughout my life, it there's nothing really fun and all of that about it. It is just simply, I did the work day in and day out, no matter what happened. And that's I think is the key to success is falling in love with doing the boring mundane tasks and doing them day in and day out, because that's what leads to, you know, having an actual business and having whatever you want. If you don't have a plan, you can have a goal, but if it's not a plan and you don't have actionable steps to get there, there's no point in even having a goal. Mm -hmm. And so I, if I can, you know, give one takeaway from everything in my life that's led to anything I've had, that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's there's so many great things that I want to touch on there. Um, <clears throat> just thinking about a, a, a few things. So, you know, one kind of going back to the gratitude piece, um, you know, we I've I've heard many times too. you know, gratitude is the highest form of energy. And <clears throat> and we talk about, you know, so many times, like the longer I get in real estate, I feel like the more I talk about mindset than anything, yeah. like less talking about what you have to do because it's a, it's a mental battle, right? You know, to, to win the race long-term, you have to, like you said, stay consistent, do the mundane things. And with that comes um, ups and downs, you know? And, yeah. and so, so the mindset thing, you know, from, from gratitude, like when you tell somebody you're grateful for them. You, when you tell somebody, thank you, it lights a little bit of an energy inside of you. Right. And you're more focused on how do I give versus what do I get from people? And so that's something that, you know, we've all had times where we're better at it than others. And, and that was one thing that just kind of hit me between the eyes as you're talking about it. Like I, I talk about gratitude a lot and yet I'm just thinking about, okay, 
when's the last time I've told somebody I'm thankful for them or, you know, I appreciate them. And so, um, I think, you know, talking about that 30 day challenges is awesome. You know, that's a, that's a great thing to do because, um, you're checking your mental well being and you're checking your attitude and saying like, Hey, I can, I can do better. I can be better. Um, and and things flow back to you when you give right. Versus when you're all focused on taking. Yeah. And I think even, you know, in my own life, the one thing through all the, you know, from selling regular real estate to having the, to doing investments primarily than having the investment company and then into coaching. Now, the one thing that I've stuck with is I have, I use a journal every day that I write down my task list, what I need to do and all that. But at the top of every one of them, I, every day I have one, two, three, four, five. And I write down five things that I'm grateful for. And that's the one thing that has stuck with me through every avenue of life is just starting the day with those five things. And I think that that is kind of like the cliche thing that everybody talks about now is like, oh, you got to be grateful and list the things you're grateful for. But Mm -hmm. in a practical sense, like I know in my own life that when I'm down or like if I'm not in a good headspace, If I can make it a point to reach out to somebody and tell them I'm thankful for that, or I can just think about what I'm grateful for, it is a, it's a trigger for me to automatically kind of get me into a better headspace because it's hard to be sad. It's hard to be depressed when you're thinking about what you're grateful for. Mm -hmm. And so I think that like, that is a big thing that is a kind of like a pull me back into the right headspace is just to be grateful. And Mm -hmm you know, it's not this big cliche thing. It's just, it's pretty simple, but if you can actually do it, it makes a big difference. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. The other thing that I, that I, uh, want to dig into a little bit is I, I know, uh, the people that love investing, right? Like the off market deals piece is a big thing. So let's, let's take a, at least a couple minutes and talk about that. Like you mentioned direct mail, everybody says, well, I got to find off market deals. I got to find off market deals. How do I do that? You mentioned direct mail. Let's just touch on that for a second. Like how did that grow for you um, to where you're finding these things versus just what's showing up on the MLS? So when it comes to finding off market deals, there's really only three ways to do it. And it is one of those things that the like evolution of marketing will not has not and will not catch up on finding properties off market because you're t- you're typically dealing with either a landlord that owns a bunch of properties or you're dealing with somebody that just inherited a house and so there's no amount of like online you know social media ads or google ads that are going to get you direct mail leads. I mean, I have let's, let's target Facebook who, who had people that died in the past six months or six weeks so that yeah. I can go get those leads. Like you just, you just can't do that. Exactly. And I mean, from, I have a lot of friends that are, that are wholesalers, investors all over the country. And mm-hmm there's not one of them that gets direct mail or that gets off market leads online. They don't happen. So the only three ways you have is you can do direct mail. You can cold call them. You can text them, which is kind of one in the same. And then the third way, which sounds absolutely crazy, but is doing commercials on TV or commercials on the radio 
or billboards. Mm-hmm. Those three things are, is all it comes down to. That's, that's your only ways. Uh, wait, one more on the third thing is you can do bandit signs. So like the signs that you see that, you know, we buy houses or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're kind of limited and on every one of those avenues to find deals off market, it's expensive. It is not cheap to buy lists. It's not cheap to you know buy stamps and mail things. It's not che- if you're texting people, um, it's extremely expensive because you've got to buy the list, you've got to skip trace them to get their cell phone numbers, and then usually you're paying somebody to send the text. And you, mm-hmm. in order to send bulk text, you've got to have a ton of phone numbers. You have to change the wording. It's it's a lot. Um, and then even cold calling, like typically anymore you're having you're paying other people to cold call them so mm-hmm. when you're starting out you can do it but you're still buying the list cold calling is really the cheapest but kind of the least effective way as well mm-hmm. and so when you're doing direct mail what i found is typically people when they're starting out they want to send postcards because postcards are substantially cheaper to sell, to send than a letter itself. There are some postcards that will work, um, but what your goal is, is to tap into offering these people more than one, more than one way to sell their house. Because the, the marketing pieces that these people are getting are either from realtors saying, I can list your house, Mm-hmm. Two, they're from other wholesalers or investors saying, I can buy your house, I'll pay cash and close quickly. And so the one thing that I feel like was a big differentiator in sending direct mail or any kind of marketing to people, you know, getting off-market deals is give them options. Mm-hmm. If you can give them options, they don't feel tied to one avenue or another. And if you're in real estate and you already have your real estate license, you've already got avenues to give them. You can, if you want to buy them yourself or try to wholesale them, you can list their house, you can buy their house, or you can sell their house to another investor. Mm -hmm. So right there, you've got three different avenues you can offer people. And so my goal, anytime I'm doing any outreach to finding deals off market is I want to kind of put myself in their situation you are dealing with people that either one are landlords that they, you know, they own a bunch of rentals and they're kind of tired of owning them or two, they just inherited a house or three, they bought a house to flip it and they ran out of money. They couldn't get a loan for the rehab. It sat for a long time, but either way, most of these people are in some kind of a, like they want to get rid of the house. Mm-hmm. So you want to kind of put yourself in their shoes and no matter if it's those people or you're trying to sell anything else, nobody wants to be sold. And people don't feel like they're being sold if you're giving them options. So that's why I always go back to whatever I can do to offer them more options. And it's even the same when you're farming a neighborhood. If you're trying to farm to get listings, you want to offer them solutions. If you are a resource for people, they will reach out to you. So if you can, you know, say, hey, I've got people that can do work for your house. That's one way that they're going to reach out to you without, you know, just calling to try to list your house. Mm-hmm. So whatever you can do to get them to call you for different options rather than that exact thing is going to build your leads. And then you'll have more people that you can work with. Yeah. I'm going to mention too that, you know, as I think a big, a big theme 
is just talking about your time and, and managing your time well, protecting your time. And, and a lot of times people would say like, okay, Chris, just tell me what I need to do. And you're like, mm-hmm. track your time, like set your time, tell your time what you're going to do with it and then follow it, you know? Okay. Yeah. But, but you know, Chris, just tell me what I need to do. It's that, yeah. and it's do that every day for years. And sometimes yeah. people just gloss over that piece of like, I want to do this for like a week or two and then see some results. And then it's like, I level up to the next thing, which is really sexy and not really hard to do. And if I don't see results from there, then in two weeks, I want to do the other thing. And then in two weeks, yeah. I want to do the other thing. It's like, no, just, just do this thing for the next five years to get to where you want to go. Yeah. And it's simple, but it's not easy. Mm-hmm. And I think that, <clears throat> I think that people get caught in this trap of they've gone so long without being able to control their time and gone so long with just feeling like they're just being pulled in a million directions that that becomes their reality. And they don't even think there's anything wrong with it. And they don't feel like there's a way out of it until Mm -hmm. they get to a breaking point. And they're just like, I can't do this anymore. Like I am just pulled everywhere. I don't have any control. And so when people get to that position they typically just quit a bunch of things. They they start throwing things away. They're like, okay, I can't be in a relationship anymore or I can't have this business. They just mm-hmm. start throwing it away. When in reality, if you're intentional about your time, that that's the first piece of it is you've got to choose that I'm going to be intentional about my time. And mm-hmm. so <clears throat> I just did a podcast, but I'll, I'll break it down really quick. But the five things that I always tell people is one, You've got to control your mornings and your evenings. Mm -hmm. If there is at least a few hours of the day to start out that you can control, you are doing way better than 90% of people in America because most people do not have any control over their time at all. And it's not that people are being rude or whatever, but if you let people, they will control your time if you don't know how to say no. So that's the second thing is learn to say no. Everything you say no to, or everything you say yes to, you're saying no to something else. So if you say yes to going on a listing appointment at seven o'clock, you are saying no to spending time with your wife, kids, your family, whatever. Mm -hmm. And so the more you can think about, do I want to do this? Yes or no. And then two, could I do this at a different time? And so- that kind of leads into number three is choosing upfront when you want to do things. So what I mean by that is, okay, if you're in real estate, you know that you've got to make follow-up calls and texts. You know that you've got to go on listing appointments and show buyers. You know you're going to have to, you know all the things that you've got to do. So decide upfront when you ideally want to do those. So for me, that was the mornings were the time that I did stuff in the office and the afternoons were when I could go on appointments. So if I had a buyer call me and say, hey, can I go look at this house? Can you show me this house at 10 a.m.? Man, I'm sorry. I've got an appointment at that time, but I could show you in the afternoon. You're not, you are technically saying no, but you're still doing what you need to do. You're still taking care of your clients. You're just doing it on the time that you have chose to do it instead Mm -hmm. of when they chose to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, number four is no lunch appointments. If you can stop going on lunch appointments, you will automatically gain back another two hours of your day automatically. Mm -hmm. Um, lunch appointments take up more time than anything else you can possibly do. And I know when I first started, most people wanted to meet with one to go to lunch. And so what I learned to do was say, 
hey, I've got an appointment at that time, but I could go meet you for coffee in the afternoon. You're still doing, you're, you're going to accomplish the same thing, but you're saving that time for yourself. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then number five is if it is important to you, it's important enough to schedule. And so everything needs to be on your calendar. And I think that people hear that and they think that sounds too rigid. That sounds too strict, too rigid. I don't want to do that. I don't mean that you have your day scheduled down to 15 minute increments. I mean Mm -hmm. that if it's important to you, put it on your calendar to do. So that includes personal time. That includes going on a date with your significant other. That includes spending time with your kids. It includes when you will start answering your phone and when you stop answering your phone. For people Mm -hmm. in real estate, that's a huge deal. (laughs) I mean, we could be on the phone 24 hours a day if we let ourselves. But if you choose up front when you want to do those things and when you don't want to do them, you can gain back a lot of your time. So just by simply doing those five things, the, the goal is to control as much as your day as possible. You'll never be able to control every single minute of every hour of your day, but you Mm -hmm. want to be able to control as much as you possibly can. And if you can control your time, you can control your day, which if you control your days, you control your life. Yeah. Awesome. So let's talk uh, just for a minute then about the future. So, so talk to me about kind of some, some goals you have, where you want to go. I mean, all this work that you're putting in is leading to, you know, time freedom, financial freedom, whatever that might look like. Um, What's it look like for you? So even when I first got into real estate, I hired a coach within the first year. And before I got into real estate, I, I team wrote professionally, I rodeoed and I taught lessons and did stuff like that. And so I, and I love teaching that stuff. And so when I got into real estate and I realized the impact that I could make, if I could help people do this, that's what I wanted to do. And so in building everything, I knew that I couldn't help people if I hadn't actually done it. And so mm-hmm. I knew that I wanted to build a build a business, get into this so that I could really learn it, know what I'm doing. And then from there, be able to help other people do it. So mm-hmm. I've been coaching people for a couple of years now, even before I had uh, sold my company, just kind of on the side, I did it here and there. Um, but for me, I never want to be tied down to just one income stream. And so even with coaching, like, uh, right now I have about, I have 17 coaching clients right now. Mm -hmm. And so that's a pretty good amount for me. I mean, I can take on a couple more, but I'm content with what I have right now. Um, and then I still wholesale and then I also day trade. So Mm -hmm. I do a lot of different investing stuff, which is what I like to do. I like to be able to control my time as much as possible, kind of like what we just talked about. And so for me and what I like to do is in the future is I want to just continue building more streams of income that take less and less of my time. Mm -hmm. That's the ultimate goal for me. And so as I make more money, it's all about where can I invest that money so that it continues making money for me without me working for it. And so overarching goal-wise... Number one, I love helping people and I love being able to teach people stuff that I had to learn the hard way that I went through really hard lessons so that they don't have to go through the same kind of crap that I went through. Mm-hmm. So number one, that's that will always be something that I want to do. I love helping people. I love doing the one-on-one coaching, but I would also ultimately like to have more of a group coaching set up as well uh, to where I have more of a group and then plus the one-on-one. And then the other thing is just continuing to add more investment 
income strategies to my life that mm-hmm. are working for me when I'm not actually putting money into them. So awesome. big goal. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Cool. Well, I appreciate you, you coming on and sharing with us. Um, for yeah, those for sure. folks Thank that, that want to learn more or maybe reach out to you because something resonated, um, how can they get a hold of you, Curtis? Um, Facebook or Instagram. Uh, my last name is spelled weird, but it's uh, C-U-R-T-I-S. And then my last name is K-U-P-F-E-R-S-M-I-T-H. So if you look me up on Instagram, Facebook, anywhere, I'll pull up there. And then my website, just my name.com. Uh, so Instagram or Facebook is probably the easiest way to reach out to me and happy to help anybody that has any questions. If I can help in any way, I'm here for you. Awesome. Well, I appreciate your, your attitude, your willingness to give back and, and share your story. And, um, it's been phenomenal. So thanks so much for coming on. We really appreciate it. For sure. You. Yeah. Thank you for the opportunity. I'm really excited about it. And thanks, thanks a bunch for having me on.